Julie Megan, welcome to your show. Hey, thanks for having me on my show. Oh, you are quite welcome. You know, uh, today's topic is on value proposition. Um, I think it's important for us to take a look at some of the things that the textbook, marketing textbooks define, and then see how they apply to real world scenarios to help our um, aspiring marketers out there think about these topics from an actual business perspective. So with that in mind, uh, the first one up in this um, Principles of Marketing book that's put out by University of Minnesota Press is the value proposition. Love it. So the value proposition, it says, is a 30-second elevator pitch stating the specific benefits a product or service offering provides a buyer. It shows why the product or service is superior to competing offers. The value proposition answers the questions, why should I buy from you or why should I hire you? As such, the value proposition becomes a critical component in shaping strategy. And then it goes on to say that it gives an example. It says, our clients grow their business, large or small, typically by a minimum of 30 to 50% over the previous year. They accomplish this without working 80 hour weeks and sacrificing their personal lives. Okay, so it gives those, it gives the definition and then the example. I think we should take each one of these things and apply it to a real world circumstance. So the first thing is, it says that the value proposition is a 30 second elevator speech stating the specific benefits a product or service provides a buyer. Would you agree or disagree with that? I would agree with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought earlier when we talked offline, you said it's different. Well, I, I think some, I, I have often defined a value proposition and the 30 second elevator pitch is slightly different, but the value proposition in my opinion, echoes what the textbook is saying in that it really outlines in a very succinct way what your organization does, how you do it differently, and why customers would want to buy for you. Okay. So we agree with the first thing, that it is a 30-second elevator pitch. Well, Uh, well, Well, what I would add is that I think many organizations will take the value proposition, and then if somebody... And, and look, you've been in this situation. You're going out to a, a networking event and you need to have your 30 second elevator pitch. So you build your elevator pitch off of the value proposition. You know, some organizations have value propositions that might be one, two, three sentences long. Um, I, I think the general rule is to, less is more, although then there are some organizations, and I can't think of the company at this particular moment, but there's many that have like a three word value proposition. Now, if you're out at a networking event, you're going to need more than three words to articulate who and why they should be looking at you. So what you seem to be saying is that first comes the value proposition. If we're talking about chicken or the egg, first comes the value proposition, then comes the 30 second elevator pitch. It kind of springs out of the value proposition. It's very much the foundation. I mean, if you can think about a house, it is the foundation on which the house is built. And so you can think of that in the same way and how you use the value prop shorthand um, in that it is defining who and what and why you as an organization are. But then from there, you build your elevator pitch, you build your marketing strategies, you build your sales materials. Everything springs from the value prop and it really, is intended to be a compass 
for the entire organization, not just marketing and sales. It's everything, all functional areas from HR, to customer service, operations. Well, um, hold on. Be- well, that's pretty big message. So basically what you're saying is it's a way of, it's, you want it like, it kind of is like, it's a way of life for the yeah. company, right? Is yeah, it's a, it's a way of life so for the company. So that way when somebody in HR interacts with a new hire, they reinforce the value proposition. Like we strive to, to borrow this example, not have our clients work all night or whatever, or we strive to have them work less, right? And it becomes, and then that becomes a mantra for people, new hires who come into the company that are onboarded and are like, okay, well, that's right. Well, what do we do? And then when the new hires talk to their friends and family and they say, hey, you got that job, congratulations. What are you guys doing? Well, we uh, we reduce people's stress levels by this percent. We, you know what I mean? Like it becomes kind of like so. That's why what you're saying when you say it's disseminated among a lot of people in the company. Yes, I think it's important that it is disseminated throughout the organization because you want to make sure that you're all consistent, not only in terms of how you speak about your organization but how you're organized, how you serve your customers and clients really is built around your value proposition. Okay, so, and it says here, after it says it's a 30 second elevator speech, it says, the textbook says, it shows why the product or service is superior to competing offers. Okay, so we gotta take that apart now because one of the things I think we've gotta talk about here is why implicit in why it's superior to other competitors offers in their it's a superior product or service implies that you gotta you gotta you gotta touch on the people you want to do business with you gotta touch on a problem you're trying to solve for them because otherwise if there's no problem for them for your product to solve or your service to solve there's really no point in having the conversation then it's just like an extra to have like yeah, but we've already got a firm that does that for us. Why do we need your firm? Well, we do this plus that. Oh, I see. So you don't just do one thing. You do multiple things. Yeah, and there's cost-effective savings in that. Or we do it better, whatever it is, or our product does it better. So really, when we're thinking about um, it, it shows why it's superior to competing offers. we got to really take apart that. And really now here's where Market Sell Win gets involved because we're trying to give people some shed some light on how you would go about developing that value proposition and thinking about it. So it seems to me the first thing when you're talking about your service or product is superior to competing offers, the first thing you have to do is look at the market space and see who you are competing with, right? And what product you are, what product or service you are competing with. Is that about right? And then figuring it out from there. Well, yes, you absolutely want to look at your competition and see how they do things and kind of how you stack up against them and more importantly, where you are different than your competition in a good way. So you basically should make a list if we go through a process, because that's what Market Tell Win is about, is un- uncovering the process for people and developing this value proposition. You want to make a list of all the companies that sell a competing product or service and then make a list of like their pros and their cons, right? And, and, and then you can start to unearth 
okay, well, these guys do this really well, but maybe they don't do that that well. Does our product or service do that better? Right? And if it does, okay, how does it do it better? Right? How, how does our product or service? So this is really the next step in developing the value proposition is listing out who you're competing with on a product or service basis, the pros and the cons, and then comparing your product or service against those pros and cons and starting to develop more of an idea of a statement, you know, that, or, or some words that could, that represent the idea of how your product or service is better that could go into the value proposition. Is that about right? Well, I'd say that's partly right. That's definitely a piece of it. I think the starting point is to consider who you're trying to help. Who do you serve? Who are you trying to sell to? And so by- Okay, so first it's looking not at your competition, but instead it's looking at your potential customers? Yeah, I'd say you look at the the market, the types of organizations you're trying to work with. Once you understand the who, then you understand, then you talk about the what. Well, what do we do? What do we do that helps them? Um, what, um, what products or services, what are the benefits that we bring in how we sell or work with our customers or clients? So, 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 so maybe the first step really is, because we want to help people with process and developing a value proposition, because we're not just helping new marketers. I think we're also helping professionals who don't do marketing for a living, but they need to um, do marketing. And this kind of gives them a way to think about this. So really... You're saying don't start with the competitors, start with the customers or the potential customers. And then do they use these product or services? Which ones do they use? And then from there saying, okay, they use this company's product. And then from there, you can say, what are the goods and bads about it? And then how does it stack up against our product or service? Is that about right? I think... Yes, it's it's close. I, I guess how I would articulate it is maybe you take an internal view and then an external view. So internally, you're looking at what you uh, sell and how you do it differently or better. What problems are you solving and who are you doing that for? And that would include looking at your competition. But then you also want to take it from your customer's perspective and really kind of step into their shoes to understand, well, what's going on in their world? What what issues are they dealing with? What pain points are they having? What are their needs? What are their desires? Some of the words that you all heard in, in marketing classes throughout the years, but you want to come at it from both perspectives. Oh, wait, I have to stop you. So I want to be clear for everybody. What you seem to be saying then is that it's a matter of looking at problems that are either solved or not solved, problems a customer or potential customer has, and the problems that are either solved or not solved by the competitor's product or your product or service. Is that right? That's a way to boil it down, yeah. You know, there are different methodologies on how to actually go through this exercise. And, And so, well, I mean, We're one on some of the key topics and the ways to do it, and and um, well, we talked about this in Stacy Doherty's podcast, and Stacy talked about developing personas, right, and using software to develop. Okay, well, this is a customer profile. This is who they are, and then um, in there, and Stacy didn't really touch on it because that wasn't the real subject 
of the podcast interview, but she did touch on it in the sense of, well, developing a persona implies developing what the customer's pain points or problems are. And then once you know those, then you can apply, well, how does our product or service start to address those pain points? That's right. That's right. I mean, I think you're really always trying to do things through the lens of how do you help your customers and you have to really try and understand who they are and what issues they're dealing with that you're solving. I think another important part of the value proposition is once you've gone through this analysis, and maybe we should talk about that process for a second. This isn't something that marketing does or sales does alone. It really is tying the business strategy of how you plan on growing, why you even are in existence, to the marketing strategy. And so the process for coming up with a value proposition should include owners of the company or senior leaders of the company and really get a number of different um, management folks along with marketing and sales in the conversation because you'd be surprised at how one leader may have this opinion of what your organization does differently and better. And another leader has something that's not quite the same. And so you want to make sure that at the end of the day, you get all of the ideas out there and then can prioritize to make sure everybody's on the same page. And then after you've done this brainstorming and prioritizing, then marketing can go away, take this information, synthesize it down, and come back with a value proposition that everyone else can review and weigh in on. But it's not going to be a quick and easy. It's going to be something that's painful and takes a long time to do because you've got to come at it from, you know, you've got to make multiple offer. I mean, do we go negative here? And do we talk about, you know, something you're sort of selling fear to a certain extent? Like, you know, if you don't use our product, your likelihood of network viruses jumps up 30%. Or do you do, do you go more positive and say, grow your business faster by using our product, which avoids network viruses by 30%. You know what I mean? Like, and those are tactical decisions that internal decision makers are going to have to make once they get this sort of information proposed to them that, you know, the, the spin proposed to them by marketing. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that that's, that's a decision, whether you take the high road or the other road, you can tell which side I lean on. Um, that's, that's a decision that the, the but organization this also has goes to, make. To, to why, why I should hire you or buy your product. Um, but now, so the value proposition, so, we, we, we talked a little bit about what goes into developing it and matching up, you know, analyzing your customer, their needs, and then the products that they or services they currently use, and then your product or service and how it stacks up, and then seeing where there's differences and that you can really create some value to message on, you know, create a message or a series of messages that that speak to the customer's pain, their problem, and their needs. So in doing so, you're kind of sparking that moment for the customer that goes, oh, wait a second, that's why I should use you guys, right? Gets a conversation going about, because otherwise they've sort of shut you off. Like, well, we've already got somebody who does that. Why would we need you? Or we already buy the product from these guys. Why would we buy it from you, right? But 
the value proposition hopefully sparks that consideration that that emotional thought in them like gee if i went with these guys i could save myself time or i could save the company money or you know whatever we we could we could double our productivity or wh- whatever it is right um but i think it's in, inherent in the message isn't it giving customers a new way to think about their problem isn't that kind of what the value proposition does a new mental framework I suppose you could think about it like that. Um, I think it depends. Hopefully what your value proposition does is give them a sense of how you can help. And But that you also understand, your company understands what they're going through. Well, that's right. I mean, that's why you want to write the value proposition from the perspective of your customer. You know, how how is this going to help them? And that 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 hits on an important piece of writing in their words, writing in their language. So I think for if you if you want people to really, you know, if you're in the healthcare space, you want to write using words and a language that have more meaning in that industry than it might have in banking. So, so as a good example, this from the marketing textbook is very generic. It doesn't use that language because it just says our clients grow their business, business large or small, typically by a minimum of 30, 30 to 50% over the previous year. That doesn't really speak to a paint. I mean, I guess everybody wants to grow their business, but it's not really, it's not specific enough. It's not speaking to their language. If you were talking in the medical facilities, you know, you might say, you know, something effective like our clients um, through using our our database application, our clients have streamlined their new um, patient intake by, you know, 60% or whatever. So you're using their words in their way to try to get to them and be more specific in the value proposition. And then say, and then their example in the marketing textbook says they accomplished this without working 80 hour weeks and sacrificing their personal lives. To be more specific is they accomplish this without having to hire additional outside database consultants and or paying um, tens of thousands of dollars a year in overtime for people to try to, you know, input their forms or whatever. The point is, is that you want to use the specific language in the value proposition. Yeah, that that's if you want to really strike a chord with your audience. Well, but it also gives them ammunition. Like, let's say, you know, you don't always know who you, who is hearing your message, right? You don't, when you do this value proposition, it doesn't mean it's going to go to a decision maker. It could mean it's going to an influencer. So it gives the message to be able to send to the boss. Let's say the first person to get that message is really a influencer. It's someone who is not going to make the decision about buying your product or service, but it's somebody who works in this every day and it's, here's your message. And it's like, oh my God, I could really use that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, that could really help us, you know? And that gives them a message to bring back up to their boss, right? Yeah, I think you, you hit on a good maker. point that it it's whoever you're speaking to or getting in front of with your message 
uh, isn't necessarily the decision maker. So the the more succinct um, it is in describing what you do, why, and how it's different, the easier it'll be for that person to relay that message to somebody else. Well, and the other thing is it gives, in doing so, it also gives everybody a vision, a vision of the future, of a brighter future, right? Like if you use us, you'll, you know, you'll cut down on the work you have to do, the amount of time you're working or whatever it does. It, it, it gives, it gives the impression or vision of a brighter future, right? I think it can for sure. Okay. So then, you know, why would we need a value proposition? I think we've talked about this before, and I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs and customers out there, not customers, but professionals who, architects, engineers, accountants, consultants, they're sort of, you know, a one shingle shop or whatever. They're kind of on their own. They're, they're doing stuff. And they're probably thinking to themselves, I'm not some major company. Why the heck do I need a value proposition? And I mean, I could tell you from being a small business owner and a salesperson, you need to have a value proposition. Because when you are at a networking event and someone puts the screws to you and is like, oh, right, another one of you guys. So what makes you different? I've had that happen to me, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a nail-biting moment because if you don't have something to say, you've lost before you've ever had a chance to even develop a relationship. You're not going to get a, they're not going to be interested in calling you back because they're going to be like, Okay. Yeah. I don't, you had nothing. You were not significant to me in any way. Why would I take your call? Why would I take your email? Well, I think that's right. You know, the saying is you don't have a second chance to make a first impression. And the, the importance of having the value proposition is so everybody is on the same page within your organization. I mean, you're one person. Well, what if there's a sales force of 10 plus you've got senior leaders out in the uh, market that are meeting people. And if you're all saying something slightly different about your organization, you're sending a mixed message. And one of you might have a fantastic way of positioning the organization. And five of you might have a really crappy way. Well, of you've actually worked in a smaller company where that kind of has happened, right? Yeah, I did. And we really, I think this is pretty common in smaller organizations, they don't go through this exercise of developing the value proposition and then having it be the foundation from which all of your marketing and sales materials and content and positioning is built. And yeah. that's where I think they lose out because they don't get the benefit of having a consistent way of, of talking about their firm and why they do things better. Right. No, I, I I agree, and I mean I I but 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 I think maybe what's missing is we have to put a value on the value proposition, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I mean, isn't that so? In other words, by not putting a value on the value proposition, people just view it as you know kind of a waste of time, marketing psychobabble, whatever you want to say, and yet there is a huge value. There's a cost to lost sales because. It's not even lost sales. It's more of a lost conversation. It's more of a lost conversation, right? Because what inherently happens is that you are with the value proposition is really a door kicker. It kicks open a door, right? So people can have a conversation. 
you know, you're at a networking event or you put it on your marketing materials and that value proposition stimulates someone's thoughts and they're like, you know what? I'd be interested in talking with them. They talked about my problem and they offer a potential solution. So I'm interested in talking with them. I will have a conversation with them because everybody's time is completely, is completely, you know, cut thin these days. Right? So I guess, you know, we really need to talk. We need to think about that. If you are a small business owner, you really should be spending your time. I know you're trying to make it all fly. You're trying to get the plane to fly up in the air and stay up in the air financially. But I think you need to put a value in the value proposition. And the value is if you don't do a value proposition, how many conversations are you going to lose the chance at building a relationship on? And what's that worth? So you go to a networking event, you don't have a value proposition, you get in front of five people that you think are significant and you don't have a value proposition. You don't have a reason to have a further conversation. And so you haven't given them a spark or a reason to go, oh, I'd really like to talk to them. Now you've lost out on it and you're going to have to really struggle to try to have a continuing conversation. And even if one of those people could give you a piece of business, now all of a sudden you've lost that opportunity because you didn't have the value proposition ready to go. So the value and lost business is a way to value the value proposition, no? Definitely is. And I, and I think most companies have some type of value proposition. I mean, they may not call it that, but they feel that they the, the reason customers want to buy from them is for X, Y, and Z. But by going through a more formal exercise, you may uncover some real key differentiators that you just hadn't thought about because you haven't looked at your competition recently. You haven't really taken the time to analyze what you do, how you do it differently, or what's going on with you know the market and what customers and prospects are dealing with. But just going through that may help you articulate a better why. Can I tell, can I tell you, I think that companies do have value proposition, but most of them are weak. They're very weak value propositions because they haven't taken the time to do the research and really thoughtfully think through, okay, how are we different? What is our customer doing? How does this product better serve their needs, solve their problems? What, you know, how, how is this, how is this going to position us? How's it going to position them? And they haven't. They're just like, you come from sort of a position of selfishness or arrogance where you're like, well, listen, we got the best product or service out there. Nobody's going to be able to do this, right? Or we have the best people who do this. They've all got degrees in this, or we've got, you know, and you're, you, you have a lot of pride and I understand and appreciate that, but that doesn't mean jack diddly to your potential prospect, your customer, because they're selfishly thinking about themselves and they're thinking, well, we've got the best whatever and we don't need you, right? And you have to prove a case of need. And I think that's kind of what the value proposition is also doing, right? It's proving a case of need. Like this is why you need us over anybody else. Absolutely. That's a very good way of saying it. So the value proposition, there's a lot to it. You want to think about it carefully. Um, It's not something that you want to walk lightly into, but you definitely want to put your energies toward because it can make a difference about getting business and maybe not getting business right away, but getting a conversation going on the way to getting people thinking and considering you and defining your value. And if you can do that well, then once you've gotten over the the pain of doing it, 
you're actually in a better position to get future business. Absolutely. It's, it's worth the effort. And for those of you who might be kind of new out in your careers, it's hopefully this was helpful. And if you are moving into an organization that hasn't taken the time to do this, it's something that uh, it's definitely worth bringing up to your senior management as an exercise to consider. And for those of you who are small business owners like I've been and you're professionals and you're trying to get people to think about you in a different way and get noticed, which is always a struggle, I, first of all, want to cheer you on and keep you positive about going forward with it. But second of all, would strongly encourage you to fight through, take the time and do a value proposition because it can make the difference, especially when you're in a tight networking situation about whether you get to have a future conversation with a prospect or not. Thanks for joining us on Market Sell Win. Thanks for joining us. 